Well, welcome to The Circuit. I am Ben Beharin, CEO and Principal Analyst at Creative Strategies, and I'm joined by my friend Jay Goldberg. Jay, why don't you say something and a little briefly about yourself? Greetings, Internet. I'm Jay Goldberg. I was a financial analyst for many years. I lived in China for many years, uh, and for the last five years or so, I've done a lot of work with early stage companies looking largely at electronics and semis. And uh, now I'm transitioning to a role as an investor in that space because the world needs more of this. Yes, agreed. And for anybody who's not familiar with me, I've been an industry analyst focused on semiconductors for over 20 years now. I started my life at Cypress Semiconductor as a silicon software designer and, uh, and then got into tracking all of the things that, that host to semi. Um, but I'm excited about this, uh, this venture that, that Jay and I are, are embarking down. I think a dedicated uh, semiconductor, call it podcast discussion, uh, insights is needed. Um, it's something that's not out there. I mean, a lot of people talk about semis, but it's kind of one of many things they talk about. Um, I think this overall is, is one of the most interesting industries that, again, I think some people kind of misunderstand. So I think having, having something dedicated to this is, uh, is super interesting. And, and I always appreciate our conversations, Jay. It's, it's like every time we get together and talk about this, it's, it's some of the most interesting and engaging conversations on, on semi. So I think this will be, I think this will be really, really good. And, uh, there's lots of stuff that we can talk about on a semiconductor dedicated podcast that we're calling The Circuit. Agree 100%. So let's talk about just as this sort of intro episode is kind of what we talk about the what, but but really why. Um, I, I, let's just go into like wh why semiconductors or I guess why is the topic of semiconductors interesting. And, and I'll sort of just lob it with, you know, for the first 10, 10 12 years of my career, and I saw you, I know you've, you see the same thing. Semis were super interesting. We were accelerating at a pace of innovation around Morris Law that was leading to a ton of interesting software innovation. And then, I don't know, somewhere around 2012, 2013, it, it kind of got uninteresting. There wasn't a ton of innovation anymore. Intel was having problems. This was still early in Apple's cycle. And it was kind of like, all the interesting stuff I did in semiconductors was sort of shelved. And, and honestly, like there was a time I thought I might never use that again. Like all the semi, my semiconductor analyst background is dead and now it's mobile and, and whatever. But all of a sudden semis have been hot again for the last couple of years. I, I think it is one of the strangest things of the last few years uh, is just like semis are cool again. Right. And, you know, you and I have been covering this for a long time. And, and like you said, there's a, a long period where semis were just not cool. People just weren't interested in them. It was, you know, working at a semiconductor company was kind of a drudge, drudgery. Uh, but uh, we, we, you know, come come back. It's it's interesting again to the general population, and and it's important. And I think that importance n never went away. We just kind of forgot about it. We sort of took it for granted. And now that we're we've sort of been l losing it because of Moore's law slowing, because of the supply constraints of the last few years. People have woken up to the fact of just how important semis are, how sort of yeah. foundational they are to our modern lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I've always said, and I think in that brief time where semiconductors were boring, I sort of still said this and it was fallen on, on lost ears, is personally, in my opinion, there's no greater way to predict 
and anticipate the future than understanding semiconductor roadmaps. Because once you know what's possible with computing power on a timeline that is relatively fixed, I mean, we, through physics and shrink node, like we essentially understand where we'll be in a few years. We kind of know what designers and, and, um, and chip companies are attempting to do. But once you know what's possible, either at the pace of which compute is increasing on client or at data center, and then you know even around AI today where you see the deep learning algorithms and you know that the limitation is still compute at the cloud level, not necessarily the, the algorithms themselves, even though they're getting better, it, it does kind of give you a table of what's going to be possible in the near term. And I, and I say that more from like, you, you see a lot of people say, oh, this is going to be doable in two years. And you're like, Maybe, but, you know, maybe not, you know, I just don't know if, if we'll have the compute power there. And so that's, that's to me, what's intellectually interesting about this is when you f look at the future and you think about where we're going, semiconductor, semiconductor roadmap and innovation is actually more fundamental to that than I think people truly understand. Yeah. L looking at you, autonomy, autonomous vehicles, like everybody's talking about them for a few years, very hot subject. And I think a lot of us were kind of scratching our heads thinking like all those autonomous prototypes out there that, you know, they have 10 or $20,000 of silicon in them. I don't think many people would pay that much for an autonomous vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's, there's limits. And I think to me, one of the things that I've, I've been exploring a lot lately is so, so many of the problems we talk about are this weird intersection of like technology. Like you said, the roadmaps are predictable. But the, the problems they're solving or the, the problems we're encountering are economic, right? Yeah. You can build a giant system of 16 nanometer, 28 nanometer CPUs, but it's going to be really, really expensive. And so to do some of the things that people want to do with software, semis need to shrink or need to improve, need to advance. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I work with a lot of clients who are building electronic systems or AI systems of some sort. And... And oftentimes the, the problems we talk about are economical, economics, like, you know, we have this great software solution, but it, it requires so much compute that it just doesn't make sense to commercialize. Uh, if you, you know, a, a generation or two, a node or two down, suddenly it becomes possible. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's sort of the magic inherent in Moore's law. We always, we think about in terms of transistors and physics, but it's unlocking the economics, it's making things affordable, making right. all these AI chat systems need a lot of very intense compute. Uh, and in a, you know, in, in a few years, it will be incredibly widespread because Moore's law will advance and those systems will be orders of magnitude cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and so we're just getting started on a lot of those things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. We, we, we could, and, and maybe we will at some point do a whole, a whole episode on, on Moore's law. But, you know, and I get into this debate fairly regularly with industry insiders and then executives at, at Intel. You know, for a long time, I didn't realize that there was actually a debate around the economic laws around Moore's Law. And I've always, you know, my point was always like, even if somebody could afford to continue the pace of transistors doubling rather roughly, roughly 18 months or so, the economics wouldn't follow it. Like it's just going to become more ex expensive, right? And there's been a lot of reports. Uh, I know my, my friends at the Lindley Group had done this where they estimated, right, that cost per transistor was going up. But realistically, if you can keep costs static, people think like that's a win for more. But I, I, I really felt that there was a, an economic component that it should 
cost per transistor should come down, but this is actually not, you know, the standard thinking at Intel, right? For them, efficiency is not just economics. It might be the packaging of different nodes onto different dyes, right? A chiplet plus different mixing. So if you keep costs static versus like it just gets cheaper, 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 cheap, cheaper. But, you know, for a long time, I felt the economic part was the one that died the most. But apparently there was a debate, you know, among the community as to how much the economic part of Moore's law was even relevant. I, well, I think I think that's changed. I think people are more aware of that. I, I agree that transist cost per transistor is, is going up. Um, and, and that's why we're starting to see experimentation. That's, that's why, yeah. I mean, a thing like a chiplet makes sense because you're, gonna, you're only going to get the really, really dense transistor advanced node stuff for a small portion of the surface area of the die or the package, yeah. right? And everything else can be done on cheaper processes, which is, which is you know, a little unsettling uh, in terms of how this is, how, what we're used to. Um, yeah. and, and I think that, I mean, I really think that's what's going to happen is Moore's Law is, I don't think it's stopped. And you're right, we should spend an hour talking about this, but I don't think it's stopped. It's slowing. And probably we're in sight of the end of it. But that's still, you know, a decade out before it really right. stops. Right. Uh, and, but the things we're going to have to do to get it all to work are getting more complicated. Right. You yeah. used, used to be you could just wait 18 months and things would shrink. And, and now we're going to have to work a little bit harder with packaging, with chiplets, with, you know, all kinds of with SOCs and specialization and integration, vertical integration. All, all of that is we're going to have to start getting more tools out of out of our toolbox, you know, that yeah. we didn't used to have. We haven't had to use or haven't had to rely on before. Yeah. And, and I think those will be some of the most interesting conversations we have, which is in light of this new reality, how much it costs to make a chip, how much more expensive it is to even if you're said OEM or, or silicon designer to make a chip on a new node has gone up dramatically in, in costs. So there are inherent cost implications to the complexities of not just making a full a full product on one node but mixing and matching those nodes right in a chiplet infrastructure with new fabric and and interconnects like this these are expensive problems and the end market's got to make money you know that's the thing right it's it's got to be these things can't go up you know end client products or the cost per gpu per minute like can't can't just keep going up right it needs to be coming down and how customers and companies solve those problems i think is going to be a continually interesting conversation. And, and the good for, thing for us within this podcast is we can take that lens and look at individual companies and how they're trying to solve these problems with a number of these dynamics, whether that's a foundry or a chip designer or a, or a product company and see how they're navigating these waters to, to better compete in this now ultra competitive global environment. Yeah, I think that that's good because I I, I want to talk about these things because I have to admit I'm anxious. I'm very anxious about the future, uh, and I think talking about it will be a good form of therapy for me to re <laughs> to relieve some of that anxiety. Because yeah. you know, Moore's loss really stopped. I think we all, the whole world, would be in trouble. We you know we we would lose a major source of productivity gains, and and what does that do to the world economy? That makes me very anxious thinking about this topic. So let's let's explore that a little bit. It'll make me feel yeah. better. Yeah, no, I, th I think there's lots of good topics just to kind of wet, wet everybody's whistle um, in, in kind of where we're going. I mean, there's, there's geopolitics. There's tons of stuff with China that I know, I know you can talk about. Um, there's the, the so, sort of odd, not, not odd because I wrote an article a while back basically 
emphasizing that that we need to have more domestic control of silicon. I sort of used this play on words that Apple should essentially co-invest with Intel on ARM in their foundries, which may actually oddly happen still at some point someday. But the reality is like, you know, I, I was trying to make the point being uh, leveraged in Asia is, is a challenging position for Apple. And this was three or four years ago. And so you see that true now, but you've got this onshoring and everybody trying to control more of the silicon chain themselves, which I say odd because the irony is no no country will ever be fully vertical in silicon. Like it still will require global cooperation, but yet they want to control some parts of that. So there's dynamics of geopolitics, the individual companies. I mean, a host of other stuff that I think will be interesting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. There, there's in in that what. You know, one minute you were speaking about there was like at least ten one-hour episodes. Yes, buried in true. there. Yeah, and 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 I and I'm excited about this too because you you I agree with you. It's it's therapy. Like you were always my. I need to unpack some of this. So let's get together with Jay because my brain hurts and there's not a lot of people I can I can talk about and and dig into this. That's why, you know, and and I think the podcast as a whole, like subject matter, will will be interesting. I know. Hopefully, people who aren't fully versed in semis likes it too. We can make you know the the business of semis. I think as a theme, right? That we talked about being um, how people do it, the strategy, economics. Like I think that'll be interesting for everybody. So yeah, I'm 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 excited about this direction. I hope uh, I hope everybody else is too. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to this. All right, so we'll wrap that for for episode one, just so everybody kind of has a teaser on kind of where we're going with the circuit and uh, we look forward to anybody's comments either on the youtube channel because this you can watch this or you can listen to it in on any one of your favorite podcasts with the links will be in the show notes and at the circuit.fm so thanks for listening thank you everybody